Today on the podcast, I'm chatting with Jenny Whiskey. You may know her as the sax slayer of the New Jersey reggae band Hub City Stompers. She is also a vocalist and sax player for Rude Boy George, a collective of New Jersey and New York musicians who create ska, reggae, and rock steady versions of 80s new wave songs. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Breathe Music Podcast, where we talk all things music. I'm your host, Jeanette Kinzel, music blogger and enthusiast. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Breathe Music Podcast. Today I'm super excited. I have a really special guest, uh, Jenny Whiskey from the Hub City Stompers. Welcome. Woo! (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. I'm excited. I'm glad that you could come on the show. But if you want to just introduce yourself for some people who may not be familiar with Hub City Stompers and everything and what what you do and all that, Jess. Um, I'm Jenny Whiskey. I play sax and sing in Hub City Stompers. Um, We're a ska band that's been playing since 2002, I want to say. I joined the band in about 2004, I want to say. And um, yeah, I've been with them ever since. And we've uh, toured all across the country uh, to several other countries. We did a small tour in Europe, Mexico. We did, um, we played in Canada a bunch of times, just wherever they will have us, we will go. Um, and we've just been doing it ever since. Um, we're, let's say we have a wide variety of musical influences, like a lot of punk, a lot of hardcore. Um, nobody in the band likes the same exact things. We're all a little bit different. And I think that's what makes it come together to make it so special and, and so different from other ska bands. Awesome. Yes. And I love that, um, then your name kind of has a special meaning, right? Because you guys kind of came together. For people who don't know, Hub City is yes. New Brunswick, New Jersey, and that's kind of where you guys came together, right? Correct. So um, my singer, Travis, was in a band called Inspector 7 that was very popular in like the 90s and early 2000s. And um, they had a song called Hub City Stomp and uh, or Hub City Stompers. And that was like the name of their crew. They had in New Brunswick as well back then. And when Inspector 7 ended and uh, Travis kind of didn't really want to, you know, stop, he wanted to keep the party going and and continue playing. He took the members from Inspector 7 that wanted to keep playing and he didn't want it to be a direct um, like runoff of them, but to have some relation. So that's how they came up with Hub City Stompers, which was, yeah, a a New Brunswick uh, crew and also a song from the old band. Very cool. I always love you know, the music, and I love when you sing on the songs. Do you like singing? Do you like, prefer one or the other? So, uh, well, I wasn't really singing at first because I don't think I was even fully confident that I could sing and no one else really knew that I could. So um, when, in the early days when Travis had written a song called um, Skinhead Boy, he said, I wrote this for three guest vocalists. It's supposed to have three, like it was gonna be a recorded only song Um, and it was only going to have three different girls and we'd probably never play it live. And then, um, when I kind of said like, well, I can sing some, you know, we could give it a shot and he liked the way it sounded. So it just became mine. And then after that, um, if he had an idea for a song, you know, he would write it for me. And then it just became something that we did more and more of. Um, and I do really like singing. It's a challenge because I have not been singing as long as I've been playing sax, um, and, and was convinced for quite a long time that I really couldn't uh, sing at all. So um, I like singing now more because it's a challenge and it's new um, yeah. as opposed to, you know, but I will always, sax will always be my first love. So are, do you think in the future you're gonna have any more music where you'll be doing vocals as well or is it still kind of TBD? So, well, I do play in another band called Rude Boy George and we play, um, ska and reggae covers of 80s new wave songs so um i'm primarily the singer in that band so that's really where i mostly do my singing um and yeah i mean when h well right now it's freaking quarantine so but uh when (laughs) whenever we start playing again i know that it's like travis definitely likes incorporating me you know more and more as a singer and and he always kind of intended to have the band have like co-singers as opposed to just like this is the singer and this is the 
the horn player because on the newer out one of the newer albums i don't even remember the names of half of our albums and what's on them because there's been so many over the years but um rob sings um the song voice on one of our albums and uh you know travis likes to kind of mix it up oh that's neat and rob is your husband right Mm -hmm. and you guys just got married actually it's like a year or two ago right two years how's two years how's that been going how is it being in a band and then also being married how's that going well we were already like good friends as one can imagine like yeah. from playing in the band together and we were used to spending a lot of time with each other and at that point like by the time we started dating you know he had already known like all of my quirks and like you know my um my famously um tricky bowels and <laughs> <laughs> he, knew, he knew all of my like all my idiosyncrasies so like it really wasn't new and you kind of, it was kind of nice because you get over that like weird getting to know you hump when you're first dating mm-hmm. somebody new yeah. because like we weren't new to each other. We were friends already. Um, and then I don't know, we just, we get along really well. So it's okay. You know, being our, our, I guess the Venn diagram of our interests overlap quite a bit. So we end up spending a lot of time together and it's really not a problem, but I mean, every couple has like their own, space they need and for some reason we're perfectly happy being all up each other's business all the time so well, that that's good especially good. with being you know stuck on a bus or maybe stuck in quarantine you know yeah <laughs> stuck in a smelly van yeah smelly van <laughs> so how are you dealing with everything with quarantine I know you guys have been doing a lot of like virtual performances do you have you been has this been something that has been hard to kind of adapt to? Do you feel like you're getting, you know, I mean, as time goes on, things mm-hmm. seem to be getting a little bit better. Like how are you, how is, how's that going for you? Well, we have like a pretty decent setup in here. Me and Rob for, um, you can see we have like a little, we have like electronic drum yeah. kit back here. We've got some mics, like we have a whole recording setup here. That's actually pretty decent. We've like upgraded it over the time that we've, you know, the year that we've been stuck at home. So we've just been like recording and, um, you know, we did a lot of, in the beginning, there were these great like collaborative projects. There was a group, well, there still is, but there's a group on Facebook that got all these musicians together and they were like, okay, you know, we're going to cover this. Somebody do the drums and guitar and then they'd send it to us. And um, we did like, I don't know, six or so covers with this group, with all these other musicians. And one of the songs had like musicians from seven different countries, um, which was really cool. Yeah, it was a really fun thing to do. I don't know where those songs are or what, what happened to them, but like, it was fun to do, you know, it, it's fun to collaborate like that. And um, it's a whole new thing because um, I actually really hate recording. Um, I've always hated it. Like, I kind of need an audience. And that's mm-hmm. like, I, I'm, I always say that I'm like a performer first, um, just because that's, I've always where I felt most comfortable. But um not having like an audience and having to record. I just, I've never particularly enjoyed recording, but being able to do it at home, I like a lot better because I could take breaks. I'm not worried about like every take is money. You know, yeah. every, you know, it, they, they charge by the hour. So it's nice to not have that pressure to, to have the comfort of like being at home. And um, so I've been enjoying it a lot more. And I think it's been beneficial in that regard that I've been getting used to recording and like knowing what works for me. And um you know that's been really helpful so um the band has been having like skeleton practices they Mm -hmm. have like um just the rhythm section will meet up they i mean we haven't in a while because once the cases started going back up in november it was just too dangerous but Mm -hmm. um so we would have like guitar bass drums keyboard and travis the singer would go over to our other guitar player jay's house and they would record and like write material and record it there and send it back to me and then the other horn player, James, so that we could write to it and, you know, we can work on it. So we have something to work on, even though we're not playing together, but um, you can't have horns at those practices because there's just no way to like safely play a woodwind instrument without getting spit everywhere. (laughs) Those are just facts. so we've, we haven't been able, and you can't, you also can't play with the mask on. It's impossible. So, oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that's going to start up again soon, I think. And then once everybody's vaccinated, we'll, we'll see if we can practice again. But yeah, that's what we've been doing. We've just been trading recordings. Luckily, everybody is capable of recording at home. So that's been really great. And Rob um, 
loves, loves mixing and, and tweaking it and <laughs> hearing all the sounds and adding effects. And that's his favorite thing. I have no patience for it. So <laughs> that's um, good. It's good. You guys make a good he team. He loves then. doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Cause he, um, he, you know, he has the patience and the ear to deal with that. I, um, I just don't hear things the same way he does probably from all those years of not wearing earplugs and being too cool for it. <laughs> I um, remember those days, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, now when we go to, well, when we used to go to concert, I'd constantly, you know, you constantly bring them with you. Cause you're like, all right, I don't want to go. I don't want my hearing to get any worse. <laughs> oh, I carry them in my purse 24 seven. No, it's like small. I have a special, uh, I have a little case and I carry them everywhere. Cause you don't, be- you wouldn't believe how I'm going to sound like an old person, <laughs> but like movie theaters are so yes! loud. Yes. And I would never think to bring earplugs to the movie theater, but anytime I ever go, I put in earplugs. It's so freaking loud. Especially if you go to like the the IMAX theaters, mm-hmm. those are like those boom, and it's like boom, boom. And, it, and it's, it's yeah, it's it's pretty loud. I, I didn't think to and, do that, but that's a good idea. And just regular <laughs> bars too. Like I've been yeah. to so much regular bars where like, just because you're not going to see music doesn't mean it's not gonna be really loud. Um, yeah. and, and you know, the staff doesn't even wear earplugs. I remember, you might have been with us that night. We went to some bar in New Brunswick. Um, it's across the street. It was a, it was like a club. It was across the street from the court, I think. And the bouncer saw me wearing earplugs. And he says, are you wearing earplugs? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> loud in here. And he laughed. And I was like, you should be wearing yeah. earplugs. You work in a club. Seriously. Do you have the special ones that kind of like, I, one time I remember my sister bought me a pair that had like, they screwed into your ears and those are pretty cool. Yeah, I lose everything. So I've got like a good pair. And then I also always have like the crappy orange ones. That yeah. You get in the drugstore. yeah. So I, I always have some on me. So if anyone ever needs earplugs, nine times out of 10, I probably have like five loose earplugs in my purse. So what about like, did you guys, I don't know if you've done any of this, but I've seen a lot of like, well, more in the summer before things kind of, you know, been, were spiking up again. They were having like um, these like uh, car drive through, drive, not drive through, but drive up like concerts. And mm-hmm. have you guys done any of those? And what, what are your thoughts on that? So we considered doing one. We actually got like asked to do one and it was in a casino parking lot in Pennsylvania, I think. Mm-hmm. Or, or it might have been Connecticut. It was like Foxwoods or something, wherever there's a Foxwoods um, casino. A friend of mine got at, because he's a booker, and he was asked to book a big show out there. And, um, you know, first of all, like things that people don't take in consideration with those shows is like, you need a lot of space to give people distance. And like, yep. so everyone has room for their cars and their little pods. So like, you're going to have to charge people more than you normally would because you can't fit as many people in because of the space needed. Yeah. And then you have to contend with like, you know, porta potties and like, you know, people are going to be stuck there. You're going to have to sell some kind of concessions. Like it's a whole thing. It's a lot that people aren't used to having to deal with when booking a show, Mm -hmm. you book a show at a bar or a club, like they already have a toilet and a bar. (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. Um, but like booking in a parking lot is a whole other story. So um, we got asked to do it and we were going to, and I figured, you know, we'll just bring our own mics. A bunch of us have our own mics and um, we won't have to worry about any of that. But then, and then we just, you know, retire to our cars when we're done playing and the audience is at a distance. But um, the problem was they couldn't get bands to travel. Like any band that needed to fly, nobody mm, was flying. Yeah. This was meant to be, I think it was meant to be in July. It was supposed to happen. So nobody would fly. People were hesitant to even like drive and it was Mm -hmm. just hard to book anybody. So like, if you're going to get this huge space and spend this money, um, you're going to want people who are going to draw, right? You're going to want bands that are going to bring in money and people. And it was just hard to do because you couldn't get bands to come out. So um, we have been very, very safe and are not really trying to like tempt, uh, you know, tempt fate or cause an issue where people could be exposed, like for coming to see us. Yeah. So we've been really cautious about that and not taking any chances. Like we're booked for a festival in September, but again, like, you know, anything could happen. Yeah, I know. It's definitely, it seems like there's a lot of stuff for the summer in September and Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you know, fingers crossed things, things are, are they, is it supposed to be outdoors? Is it indoors? Yeah, it's all outdoors. Okay. The whole thing is outdoors um, in Virginia. So like it, I mean, I, I, I've been thinking about it. Like it made me nervous for quite a while, but like, you know, a lot of us are going to be vaccinated by then. Mm-hmm. Like I will, I will be vaccinated by then. Um, so I, I wouldn't think it would be an issue, but at the same time, like you're talking about a festival, which means you're going to be having people from other states all mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. and like, you know, that could be a problem. I don't know. Like I'm leaving it open. You know, um, yeah. I was asked to do, I'm doing some work on um, a special project that I'm not really allowed to talk about fully yet um, on that for that festival. And like, you know, I'm doing some arrangements and writing and stuff and I'm not even sure if it's going to happen, Yeah, but I'm still going to do the work because, you know, well, would they like anywhere. maybe record the work if it's, is it supposed to be live? Like what you're yeah. working on? Mm-hmm. So do you think yeah. if, if it winds up not happening, maybe they'll turn it into like record, like you'll be able to record it and then we like, yeah, we've just, we definitely discussed that. There's some stuff we're discussing in the works um, and it'll probably just get pushed out another year, you know, yeah. like yeah. everything else. So, yeah. um, and it's funny cause I was uh, a friend of mine had written on Facebook about like, Oh, do you think we'll be ready for festivals? I was filing some paperwork, you know, to try and put on festivals. And um, another musician from a very well-known ska band called the Slackers, um, Dave Hilliard actually had written something to the extent of like that he tried with his manager to like book shows and do it safely and it can be done and there are ways to do it, but like people don't always want to comply with Mm -hmm. it and if Mm -hmm. they do like they kind of resent you for it you know is the gist of his post like he's like you know people just kind of want it all or nothing they want they want to go to shows as they were or not at all and um you know if that's the the case with I can't say that's the case for everybody I'm sure there are some people who would rather be entertained and be safe Mm -hmm. you know and find a medium yeah yeah but at the same time like you know then you have to add on top like the cost so like how much is it gonna cost for a large enough space and for like barriers and you know it's a lot to contend with that I guess we didn't really think about so I know and it, I know it's so weird because the things that were so normal like you know you think about you know you want to get close to the band you want to get close to people you want to dance you know you want to be in the pit and like 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 what is mm-hmm. the future of that like it's just so weird to think about like I don't know you know like yeah things that we never really we never had to think about they were just like oh we're going to a concert it's the only time that you really didn't care about being super close to someone and I'm thinking about these like tiny little dive bars that we play all the time like these little holes in the walls that like have you know like a toilet that's basically held together by band stickers (laughs) and like these places can't afford well a they're so small but like B, they can't afford to like get all the plastic barriers for the bartenders or yeah. like, you know, they can't, they don't have the funds for this. And a lot of these places are closing, you know, so it's depressing. It's depressing as hell to think about, but like, you know, how many of these bars where we love so much are going to be surviving all of this? I know it's so. terrible. And those were like the coolest places to go. I mean, it's always fun mm-hmm. to go and go to some small bar. Like I was thinking the same thing with like, you know, like, I mean, New Jersey, we have a ton of them. And like, you think about New York and the Lower East Side, like so many great places to see bands and like, they've just been shut down for months. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's really. And the, and I went to a drive-in, I went to a, I haven't seen any bands play, but I went to a drive-in drag show oh, and, yeah. um, I, you know, we had, it was what I said before with the, uh, you know, the parking lot, like it, they rented a parking lot in Paramus Mall and, um, you, you know, they, they had to do three shows in one day because they just couldn't fit enough people in as, as who wanted to come. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was only so many spaces and, you know, they had a big screen and everything, but still, you know, it was hard to see and it it lasted an hour and they had to kind of rush you out so the next show could come in and it was great to like get out and be entertained and see people and you could tip through um you know they all had Venmo links and you tipped on your phone but like part of the fun is like of going to a drag show is like having a drag queen come down to the audience and like make fun of your hair or like (laughs) and then you know then you tip her for it so like that's you know it was fun did we enjoy it yes like 
was it worth like the amount of money we paid to sit on top of our car? Like, yeah, you know what? I'll say, I'll say yes, because I'm supporting entertainers, you know, who have essentially been rendered like, you know, useless in this Mm -hmm. situation, which really sucks. So yeah, like it was worth it for that reason. But like, you know, a lot of people don't have that money right now to spend Mm because you're not really paying for that premium is not going to entertainers. It's going for space, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Do you think like anything good that comes out of this, anything that has been a positive, like through this happening? As a, well, as a whole, like, I hope it'll make people more appreciative of like entertainers because like, what's really unfortunate is that like, I, I mean, I have a job, I have a day job. I don't, I'm not paid by playing music, you know? Um, So I'm lucky in that I've been able to keep my job and work this whole time. Um, But, you know, so many, and so has, you know, knock on wood, everybody in my band has been able to do that. So um, the issue is with people who are entertainers for a living is essentially what this whole thing did to them is basically saying like, your job is expendable. Your job doesn't matter. Like it's non-essential, you know? In the grand scheme of things, like when we're in a global pandemic, like to keep people safe and alive, yes, I understand like going to a concert is something we can go without, but like, I wish we had a way of showing them that like, cause they're not expendable, you know, no. and we need entertainers, you know, it's a, it's, our lives are meant to be more than just like going to work and like yeah. trying to lose weight or whatever yeah. we're doing, you know, we need this. Yeah. So I wish, I wish we like our particular culture, cause I don't, I can't speak for anywhere else, but I know in America, I wish that we, you know, we're able to, as a collective, like show entertainers that we, we appreciate them. And I hope after we're able to see them again, that we can, you know, show them that. No, I think that's a great sentiment too, especially because, you know, I mean, like you said, we do need entertainment and it's, these people, they're not expendable and like, they're doing something that for the greater good. And like, you know, you think about things that make you feel good and like happy, like, uh, you know, music is one of those things in entertainment. And I feel like, I don't know this, I mean, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but I feel like the past year I've been just kind of been like, ugh, you know, like on top mm-hmm. of, but it's just, ugh. <laughs> it's like a, we're, we're like, we're dealing with a collective trauma and a, mm-hmm. like a collective depression. And mm-hmm. like, you know, it really sucks because if you're, you know, dealing with anything, there's really no escape, you know, from like the 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 walls you're in. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people now I know are, are back in their workplaces and they're not at home. But, you know, for a lot of us, we're still here, you know, and uh, for me, like I'm me personally, I'm I'm a homebody. I'm kind of a hermit. Yeah, this is my favorite place to be. And I secretly like there's there are plenty of nights where we have to play a show and I'm like, I don't fucking feel like going. (laughs) I don't want to go. Once I'm there, I'm happy. But like when I just don't, you know, I'm like, I just want to I got home from work. I just want to put on my slippers and like drink wine. Like I don't want to go. But you know what? Like I always have a great time. And, you know, I wouldn't trade in like my experiences with my band for anything with all the great things we've gotten to do together. But like, I also realize that many of us, I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks this, many of us were probably like burning the candle at both ends, like taking on a little bit too Mm -hmm. much, you know? And um, I don't think I realized how like burnt out I was. so the first couple months of this, I was like, oh, I needed this. <laughs> I just needed a break. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I miss it. But I do hope, my hope is that all of us will be able, not even able, like allowed, you know, by powers that be, what have you, like to live our lives a little more balanced. No, Definitely. Have you, I know you were saying before about America, have you seen anything happening like in Europe or other countries in terms of like, with like the music stuff or they kind of still, everyone's in the same boat. Like we don't really know what's happening. And I know that um, I've seen some friends, like, cause I do follow people from other places. And I know in the summertime, like, you know, you, you know, Michaela from Italy. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw that she went to like an outdoor gig in the summertime. And like, um, I mean, Let's see. I know in England, they're planning a show for like the summertime that I've been seeing on my social media. Um, But I don't really know. I don't know a lot about what's going on. Um, I did talk to a guy. I did a Facebook live interview 
two weeks ago and a guy came in the chat at the end from uh, Australia mm -hmm. and he says in his state they have zero cases of COVID right now his whole state which is like pretty amazing and that was Australia you said yeah mm -hmm. but they're still taking it very seriously yes, yes and he said he went to see a big concert outdoors and like they had everyone in their separate little table and he said you know it was actually really nice because normally you have drunk people falling all over you <laughs> it was a nice way to ease back in you yeah. know so yeah. I could see that as a perk like easing back in um, but you know, even, I'm, I mean, I see talking about America, like Texas is open. So, I don't know if anybody's playing, if anyone's taking that risk, yeah. I'm sure people, I'm sure people are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know I haven't, I haven't done too much. Re I should have done more research into it, but I haven't like, you know, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen like, I haven't like, you know, like I kind of, you know, you follow Facebook, you see things popping up and, but it's like, it seems like a lot of stuff is being like postponed or like today I saw that apparently like the bamboozles coming back and in 2023 which it's it's kind of like a far way it's like it's nice that yep. they're announcing it but it's still like okay it's two years away and Coachella just got pushed out again Coachella oh, wow. says 2022 now when is that usually October I want to say or September yeah I think it's or maybe it's April I thought I remember oh yeah, I think they pushed it out to the fall, and then now, as of today, it is now pushed out to, um, you know, 2022. I, you know what it is, too? Because a lot of people are saying, like, I know there's a lot of people, there's a lot of debate about, like, why are you scheduling things? We don't know if it's going to be safe. Like, this is irresponsible. You're, you're encouraging people to travel and gather. But the, the problem is, is that a lot of these festivals and, and events people already bought tickets yep. last year. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. People already bought tickets in like the end of 2019 or in 2020 and they just keep pushing it out because people paid, you yep. know, and yeah. they want people to know, like, we didn't forget about you. Like yeah. the festival that I'm playing in September, it's called um, Supernova Scott festival in Virginia. Um, it's an awesome festival. One of like the best uh, festivals for Scott that I think we've ever, you know, played in America, but um the the people who run it are just the sweetest folks and um you know I know that there are definitely some people who are like you know why even bother like why this could be dangerous but like first of all they're not going to put us in any danger like they're not stupid people they're yeah. very smart lovely people <laughs> and um they're they're also like people paid for this already you know they they had people pre-order tickets in 2019 because they decided you know they to skip the festival that year and they were like, we're going to have a pre-order or whatever. So like they're bought already. People paid for them. They're just trying to give people what they paid for, yeah. you know, and if they didn't schedule anything and just shrug their shoulders, people would have a fit because that's their money yeah. and they want their money or they want to show. So, you know, I don't blame them. I know they're not the only people going through this. A lot of festivals are going through this. Yeah. And it's like, you can't blame, I mean, the festivals, I don't know, like for me, like I think about festivals and music and it's like it's such a nice thing to look forward to and I, I I don't blame them I mean this is their business they they're putting on a service for people too and it's like I don't know we need mm -hmm. music yeah exactly and like I'm glad people they've been there's been a couple of like online showcases like mm -hmm. actually that same festival Supernova did an online one with all the bands that would have been at the live show people submitted videos so people made music videos or they sometimes submitted like older live performances um, and that was really cool to watch. You know, everybody got together and watched it on Facebook Live and like everybody was chatting with each other and, you know, it wasn't the same, but it was nice to get to like, you know, see the faces of people from other states that you would have seen and then yeah. maybe, you know, and have a little chat with them. So it was, that was nice. Um, there was a couple of them. We did another festival, like we did a couple of festivals like that, I think, um, in 2020, we did one for the festival in England that we missed out on called um, Specialized UK and uh, our Specialized Project. And they did one too, but you know what? That they get strenuous to produce too and put together. So those have kind of petered out as well. Mm -hmm. I think people are just getting ready to like, want to see each other again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, it feels like it's been forever, but I mean, it's only been a year, but I mean, mm -hmm. A year is, is almost too much and I think it's I'm hoping things you know we'll be able to get back and see music soon 
I know mm -hmm. there's um there's supposed to be a festival in Asbury Park or like the see here now that was supposed to be last year supposed to be this year and don't know if that's gonna have like who knows you know it'll have to wait and see if everything it just keeps getting pushed back mm -hmm. but, you know. yeah I mean like and that's all like we we've been getting you know requests for shows in the summer and you know Travis is our Travis is, I call him like the band dad. He's our, he corrals us. Like he schedules our practices. Like he schedules, like, you know, when we used to go to the studio, our recording dates and like, you know, he's our manager. He's, you know, he's usually the driver uh, in the van. Like he's the person who books our hotels and books our, he does everything. So he has basically been saying to everybody cause people have been trying to get us on summer gigs. And he's like, I'm not confirming anything for the summer. Yeah. You know, and he's like, there, there's no reason to, we don't know. We just don't know yeah. yet. I think summer seemed a lot further away than it, than it really is because it's, mm -hmm. I mean, now it's March and, you know, I feel like things don't really seem much different. I mean, they're, you know, they are better than last yeah. year, but it's still kind of like, I mean, I, I can understand why he's, you know, has hesitation. Yeah. I mean, we all do, you know, we all have people that we have to see and worry about their health and, you know. We don't want to get anybody sick and I don't want to be responsible for anybody getting sick to come to see me. Yeah, stay safe and stay home. Now, um, did you know that actually March is Women's History Month? Yes, I did. Do you have any women who you see as heroes? I mean, being a woman yourself and you're a musician, I feel like you are also a hero. I don't know. I remember even back when I met you, you were just, you just seemed like such a cool person and you had like such great <laughs> style. Well, I definitely like, I've always loved Joan Jett. I think she's like pretty amazing and she's really great at what she does. Like, she's not like, she was in the runaways with Lita Ford and like Lita yeah. Ford is like a killer guitar player. Like that woman can shred. She's really good. Joan Jett is just like a rhythm player and like, she's great at it and there's no shame and there's no, there's nothing wrong with not being like an instrumentalist that like is just plain solid mm -hmm. and like on point all the time. And she, she's great. She's got a great stage presence. Her career is like, you know, she's been around forever. Um, I just love her. Uh, who else? I always loved Amy Winehouse, even though she was not oh. without her problems, uh, oh, yeah. RIP, but I thought she was a really great um, she was like one person who made me pay attention to pop music again. I had no interest mm -hmm. yeah. in pop music and continue to have no interest in pop music. Um, who else? Uh, oh God, I don't know. That's a really good question. I, and I know there are a lot. Um, God, Billie Holiday is amazing too. And you know, she just went through so much adversity She's amazing though. I um, I asked for her like two disc like best of box set when I was in high school. I was obsessed. I was obsessed with her work. Um, she's just amazing. Who else? Um, you know what? Uh, she was really known more as a performer as opposed to like a just like a musician. But like Josephine Baker had a really interesting life in a really hard, um, like a struggle living, you know, living in a time where like she was one of the highest paid black women in the entertainment industry, but she couldn't even eat in a restaurant at her hometown because she just wasn't allowed because she was yeah. black. Um, and like adopted, a, a, like adopted like 12 children, all wow. of different races or something. Like that woman is a saint. And like Mick Jagger went to go see her, you know, perform like and, and at the time. And, and he was, you know, huge then. So. Yeah. When like the best musicians of that time, the most popular, are going to see you perform, yeah. it's a it's a big deal. I thought yeah. I always thought she was pretty amazing. So how long have you been playing the saxophone? Um, I think I was around ten or eleven when I started. I want to say I was young. Um, third or fourth grade? Is that how old you are in third or fourth? I grade? think so. Sure. Yeah. I think so nine, probably ten. around that age, <clears throat> when I was like nine or so. First, you know, you do the, re you do recorder, right? Yeah, yeah, recorder yeah. Class. I have one over here. I still tinker with it every Please. now and again. <laughs> um, you do recorder. And then after that, I wanted to play sax, but they didn't have any. And my parents couldn't afford to rent one. So um, there was a spare flute. So I played the flute for a couple of years. And then I came into like an old alto sax that my uncle had when he was little. It was really old and really beat up. So we got it serviced. 
And once I had it, you know, I started playing that in um, concert band and it's the same fingering. So it really didn't matter. Key's a little different, but, um, and then I just kind of, at some point I moved up to tenor sax. I feel like my friend who sat next to me who played tenor was like, oh, I want to play Barry and we're going to need a tenor sax for jazz band. So I was like, well, great. So we had it all planned out. <laughs> we pitched it to the music teacher and, you know, he was cool with it. So I ended up uh, borrowing like a school instrument and playing tenor. And I never, I never went from there. I have been, I've been playing tenor ever since. I'm like, I have no interest in playing the Barry at all. But, so yeah. what made you pick the saxophone? Did you just like the instrument or was it like, how did you come up with that? Because I know you get like when, you know, you're in elementary, you get so many choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Lisa Simpson. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Is a hundred, even though, even though her sax sound was a Barry, even though mm-hmm. that, that sound was a Barry. But yeah, te- uh, Lisa Simpson, the Simpsons came out when I was in the second grade and Lisa and I were the same age. We were the exact same age, so when that show came out, I was like, oh, that I should have named her as one of my heroes, because honestly, she kind of was, because um, she was a little bit of, like, a loudmouth bitch. She really didn't care. Like, yeah. she always had to make her opinion known, you know, and she always had something she felt passionately about, so... Lisa Simpson was like my my sax inspiration as a child. Nice. Did you ever see the show um, Rags to Riches? It was like a 80s show. Cause I, I was wondering also, cause this show, there was a little girl on, that played the saxophone on that show. No, it was, I never it, saw that. If you like, I'll, 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 find, I'll have to find the link. Cause there might be an episode on YouTube somewhere. I'll have to send it to you. But it's so it's like these girls, they were in an orphanage. And then this 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 rich guy adopts them, and the one little girl, and the, they always they sing. It's like a musical too, so they sing all these like old songs. It was weird because it was set in the eighties, but then it was like all the songs were from the sixties, mm-hmm. and so like the little girl played like this little mini saxophone, and I was wondering, <laughs> and I remember that from being little, and I was like, I wonder, I wonder what Jen's inspiration was, if it was Lisa Simpson or if it was maybe that show, but that was oh. like a. <laughs> it was absolutely Lisa Simpson. I'm sure there were others too. I mean, it's just a cool instrument, you know, like it's just, um, and it's like, it's kind of unisex, like, cause mm-hmm. I wasn't a super girly child. I was a little bit of a, I was a little bit of a brute, um, used to, cause I was like bigger than I, I had my growth spurt early. So mm-hmm. I was like, sometimes I was bigger than the boys, but like, you know, I wasn't interested in being like super girly. So I just kind of, I don't know. It just appealed to me. I thought it was, it, it looked, it just seemed so cool, um, you know, but I still played the flute all through, I played the flute all through high school and I played like piccolo and concert band and stuff. I used to play it at home and it would make my dog howl. It was so, <laughs> so high pitched. <laughs> are you still playing the flute or are you just kind of sticking to the sax these days? I do still play it when the situation calls for it, but it's not all that often mm-hmm. um, with the kind of music I play. I, mm-hmm. I use it a lot more in my other band, um, Rude Boy George. Like we do a cover of a Cure song and like a flute in that song is just perfect. Oh, nice. um, and yeah, you know, where it works, I use it. Um, and sometimes if I don't feel like pulling out my sax, I'll figure out a part on my flute, even though it's not in the same key, but it's, it's close. So I'll, I'll use it. I do pull it out every now and again. Have you um, picked up any other instruments or just sticking to those? Do you, do you like to do other things in your spare time? I used to, I used to love doing that. When I was a kid, I learned how to play my uncle's trumpet and I learned how to play, um, you know, like a, a friend's clarinet that they stopped playing and their mom let me borrow. Um, I learned how to play like a handful of songs on bass, borrowed that from a friend. Um, and then like I tinkered with guitar on and off for years as a teenager, but I never really got good at anything else. Um, my, I'm really good at picking up woodwinds. Like if you give me a woodwind, mm-hmm. I will pick it up very quickly. But you know, string instruments in me, they just don't agree. Um, if I really put in the work, I probably could learn how, but I just haven't. Um, and I, we do have an electronic drum kit and I can like get by on some very basic drums, but um, no, I didn't learn anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No, that's fun. You that's... would think, I mean, I have, oh, where is it? I used to have a ukulele hanging up over there. Um, I bought it when I quit smoking, thinking I would need something to do with my hands. And like, I just gave up. <laughs> so, it's hard. Yeah. 
I, I don't, I'm not great with string instruments. I just don't, it, it's not as easy for me to pick up for some the, reason. The string instruments are difficult. I, my cousin had a guitar and I, during, like, I, I was like, oh, maybe I'll learn how to play guitar over quarantine or learn how to play. And I, you know, I, I played the violin when I was little, but I haven't really played a lot of instruments, but like I borrowed her guitar and I'm also left-handed. So like, I'm wondering, mm -hmm. like, I was trying to do it like the right-handed, like, just because I was like, I didn't know if I needed a special guitar because hers was like right-handed. So I'm like, I'm just going to oh, try yeah. and do it. I'm going to try and do it right-handed, but it's like really hard. Like I, I have to sit down and like do pay, you know, kind of dedicate a certain amount of time to like work on it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And you do need a left-handed guitar okay. because uh, <laughs> it, it, it affects like where your finger, well, you know, there are some guitar players that play upside down. There's a guy in a band that we've played with from Chicago and he's left-handed and he just turns the guitar the other mm -hmm. way and plays the guitar, you know, upside down essentially because the strings go in the opposite order. Yeah. Um, it is possible, but like, I, I couldn't say if it's counterintuitive or not because if you don't know how to play guitar in the first place, how would you know, That's I guess. <laughs> but you would, but you would, I would think that it makes more sense to, to get a left-handed guitar. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably yeah. right. So well, something to look into. <laughs> mm -hmm. Have you guys has, um, I know you had a new song or I don't know if it was super new, but I saw that you guys had put out that video for mm -hmm. Limbo. Right. And so yes. like music that you've had planned or is this, have you had more inspiration? I know you've a lot of time with, um, you know, doing music and stuff. So we actually practiced this song and I think Travis wrote it and he, we had fleshed it out and recorded it at practice um, literally like a year ago before, you know, we had to stop seeing each other because of COVID. So we always have recordings of, we have like a, Rob has a pretty decent like digital recorder that you can just bring in and um, put in a room and get a decent recording. And then that gets transferred digitally to like, uh, we have like a Google drive and we share practice recordings and stuff. So that's, thank God we've been doing that because, um, we were able to take that practice recording and people were able to be like, okay, now I remember, you know, what this is. We haven't played it in a year. Yeah, yeah. And since it was already written, we decided to just kind of go with it. And it was, it was easy to do um, from home. And Travis lives actually down the street from me. Oh, he lives nice. around, the, around the corner. So he just, uh, he's in our pod, our little oh, good. COVID pod. So he comes over and does his recording here and then he can listen to all the final mixes and stuff here. But um yeah, I mean that has already that was already written. There have been some new songs that, like I said, they like that have been recorded and posted to our like band Dropbox, but we haven't done anything with them just yet. Um, it looks like most of the band is going to be vaccinated soonish, so I'm hoping that we'll be able to like practice in person again and figure all that out. Oh, that's awesome. I know you had spoken a little bit about um, writing music. Do you like to write a lot? Uh, have you done a lot of writing with the band or do you do more writing on your own uh, side projects or the, the other Rude Boy George band? So usually in HCS, everybody writes their own part. So like someone will come up either Travis or Rob or somebody will come up with like, okay, here's a song and they'll lay out the chords and the structure. And then I'll write my own horn part. Like that's just... I'm used to writing horn parts and that's what I do. Um, so right now I'm currently writing some originals like from scratch, like all the, all the, the parts, I guess. Um, just because like, I felt like there wasn't anything of that was all my own, like musically. I always kind of just contribute to like the whole as opposed to like making something of my own. So that's what I've been trying to do during quarantine. It's really, really, really fucking hard. <laughs> um, I'm not used to it. I'm really not. And like, because I identify so much with being a performer, like even over a musician, the entire time I'm writing, all I can think of, is this good? I don't know if this is good. Like, do I just think it's good because it's mine? So, you know, and like, we all deal with that imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm, so that's mm -hmm. what I'm kind of dealing with right now. And like having my like performance identity stripped from me, I'm kind of forced to have to contend with, you know, with just my own ability. So the writing has been, I won't say it's been fun because it hasn't been, but it's, been, it's, <laughs> it's, it's new and it, I'm learning, you know, and I need to, I'm just learning to trust myself more, which I guess a lot mm -hmm. of people deal with on a regular basis, no matter what their craft. 
Um, so learning to trust myself more is it's a process, but, um, there was going to be something else I was going to say, we're talking about writing. Oh, so with, well, with Rude Boy George, we do all covers, but they're, they're rearranged, they're reimagined, right? So, um, that's one of my favorite things to do, honestly, musically is to take a song that has nothing to do with my genre and like figure out how to make it a great song that sounds like ska or reggae and it doesn't always work like there are always there's not any song can just be like the guitar part can be switched to an upstroke and it's a ska song like it doesn't work all the time and um i'm not saying it's you know oh it's so hard like it's not that hard but it's one of my favorite things to do and i think i'm actually i think i'm pretty good at it so i enjoy doing that um it's actually part of what i'm doing for my my secret project too <laughs> i'm doing some of those also but um with with some other people that I'm collaborating with and that's really one of my favorite things to do and what I where I think like I have really good instincts that I trust um is where is a uh, rearranging something that already exists and making it something new that's really fun I like doing that a lot can you give an example of like something that was so completely not in your genre that you've kind of mixed up and changed to be more I guess in the ska sound Oh God. Um, well, before we were, before all this happened, my other band was working on turning a Devo song um, into a ska song. Oh, it's nice. coming out pretty cool. <laughs> like, oh God, what else? I'm trying to think of some of the songs that were our, our, our ideas, but I haven't played in a year with these yeah. people. Um, the one I just did, but I can't share it. Okay. Well, do, is it going to come out soon or is it going to be a while? You don't know. It's, it's TBD. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I recorded a demo for the other musicians to learn from a distance. Cause we can't get together oh, okay. and, and practice yet. Well, you'll so, have to let us know and then we can post something about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some, there's going to be some interesting arrangements. I think um, Travis is really good at that too. He took a typo negative song and made it into like, a reggae song and I remember when I first heard that song I was like oh no like this is stupid and now <laughs> I'm like oh I love this song like I don't even like typo negative but I love our arrangement of it I think it's so cool can you send that to me because I my husband listens to typo negative I have to like oh. send you have to send it when you get a chance I, I'll to, I would love to share it with we him don't <laughs> we don't have a recording of it officially oh, I don't okay. think we've ever recorded it but we do probably there's probably a live version of it somewhere okay have to check it out can I just yeah. like google on like YouTube or something you might be able to okay. so being home do you find like are you still getting up and like getting dressed do you because I know you're you're a very fashionable person you've got a really great sense of style and I was I'm curious to know if like you know you're home and you're kind of like eh or what's what's your situation huh. well <laughs> thank you for the compliment but these days <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm like a, a sweatpants hobbit like um yeah like you could say I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now. yeah I'm basically I mean I sit all day and work at a computer at home yeah so I I mean as long as it's like you know relatively clean and I wouldn't be totally embarrassed to be seen in it in person I do get dressed like I do get dressed for work but what I mean by getting dressed is like a clean t-shirt and like nicer leggings so if I had to run to the post office or something and somebody saw me and I wouldn't be horribly embarrassed um I'm still buying a lot of clothes yeah. I'm still, <laughs> like in anticipation of being able to wear them someplace yeah, yeah um but yeah I have not been getting a you know dress dressed I think like once every like two weeks I'm required to like put on something nice and do my face up for like an interview or like a video mm -hmm. It's literally like a bi-weekly basis. So I would say that's probably, yeah, about how much I, I get dressed up. I had to do an, an online interview or a Facebook Live inter interview two weeks ago and I put on, you know, a nice shirt, did my face and my hair. I like to like have some distinction and some like um, boundaries between like working and not working. So I do like change out of pajamas. I'm still in, I'm still comfortable, but I do like get dressed every day. Like, and you know, I have a room where I work and I can close the door when I leave, you know, which is nice. Um, is and I, I get that separation. So 
but I do like to have like some boundary, but like, yeah, no, I'm not putting on no dress. Like, <laughs> work. No. no way. <laughs> no way. I do go in my closet every now and again. And I just like talk to my cute show dresses and I'm like, Aww. you guys, okay. I miss, <laughs> I miss you. Is there anything else you want to share or like, let us know where we can find you in the band and learn more Um, about what you guys do. So Hub City Stompers is on Facebook and Instagram. I think they're both like just at Hub City Stompers. Uh, We do have a website. I don't know how, I think we do have hubcitystompers.com. Rude Boy George is also on uh, Facebook and Instagram. I think it's Rude Boy George Band. Um... I've done some work with another group called Heaven's Bee, and uh, they're also on Facebook and Instagram, although I don't know, like, we've done much lately, but last year I did quite a bit with them, and then, or year before last. It's all running together. Um, <laughs> time is just... <laughs> I know, it's like, it's like, it seems like a week has passed when it's been a year, and <laughs> like, crazy. Um, and Hub City Stompers has a new song out called Limbo. Uh, it's available on Bandcamp. Um, I think we have a, we have our music video posted on Facebook. I don't know if it's made it over to YouTube yet. Actually, give me a second. I think it did. Cause yep, I think it I is. saw it on there. Yeah. It's nice. On YouTube. Uh, so that's available. Um, there's a festival that happens every year in England called, um, specialized project. And it's like a three, three or yeah, it's like a three day festival that happens in South, uh, South of England with, uh, it's in a, it's in a, essentially they call it a, um, a holiday park, but it's like a trailer park for vacationing. Oh, cool. Um, and it's near the ocean, but they have it in November. So obviously nobody's vacationing yeah. <laughs> in Southern England, um, near the ocean in November. <laughs> so you rent out these little trailers and then in the little like clubhouse where they would normally have all the family entertainment during the summer, that's where the show takes place. And it's pretty awesome. It's like three days of like they have vendors selling clothes and CDs and like, you know, pins and posters, all kinds of cool shit, like bands play, um, you know, and it's just really fun because you stumble out of your trailer, like go to the show and then like stumble, go get some fish and chips and like the <laughs> next door and then like stumble drunk back to your little trailer. And they're, it's, it's really nice. It's so fun. And I'm really sad we didn't get to do it last year. And I'm not sure if we'll going this year either we'll see what happens yeah. but um they do a compilation cd every year with all the bands that they usually invite uh, to be there and what they do is they pick a theme um and it's a it's a, a theme of uh covers so one year it was like songs from like the year 1969 or you know songs from this era or whatever so this year's uh was actually a tribute to glam rock oh, early cool. 70s glam rock which is like my number one favorite genre of music I love love glam rock um and it's it's for charity it's an aid of the teenage cancer trust and granted you have to ship it from England but this this is the cd it's called blockbuster Blockbuster. it's got four discs and I am on like four or five songs on this thing nice (laughs) because a lot of the bands you know they didn't have access to recording um you know not everybody has the ability to do that at home or the equipment you know it's not cheap luckily you know my husband's a nerd and he had all that stuff (laughs) so we were all set but um we're on let's see I think yeah we're literally on like four or five songs on this basically we had um Hub City Stompers did a cover of the Susie Quattro song um the wild one um Rude Boy George did a cover of Moon Age Daydream by David Bowie that was really fun to arrange. I loved arranging that because I love, love, love David Bowie, like with all my heart. So that was so much fun. Uh, and there's so much going on in that song too. You can really have fun with it. What else is on here? We did um, Heaven's Be, the other group I play with from time to time. They have, it's not, it's like a set group of like a handful of guys and then people that come in and out. But we did a cover of um, Children of the Revolution by uh, T-Rex. Me and Rob, just me and Rob did all the instrumentation for a song uh, called Ride a, Ride a White Swan, also by T-Rex. So that's pretty cool. That's on there. It's listed as Gorgeous Whiskey. It's, it's us. Oh, okay. Um, and then we did 
did we did another song with me, Travis, and Rob from Hub City, and then um, a friend of Lauren's uh, boyfriend, Jonathan. Um, Johnny did a uh, slide guitar on um, oh, one of our songs. We did a Johnny Thunder song, uh, You Can't Put Your Arm Around a Memory. So it was really, really cool to get, you know, I don't know, it's just awesome that like we can send our song over to somebody in Seattle and be like, hey, can you do this? And then he sends it back and then we send it to England and now it's a CD. So, yeah, yeah. I know. But yeah, you get like a billion songs on this thing. So, and that's yeah. uh, you can get it on like their website, or I guess just maybe Google the album. I you can know, check. I can look it up too. Yeah. And link in the show notes. I'm gonna yeah do that. I will take a picture of the back of the CD for you too. It has like a bunch of websites on it. Okay, great, great. Mm. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Is there is there anything else you anything coming up? Coming up is who knows. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the world today. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, I did another interview where somebody said something like oh what do you plan to do to like mobilize people to like come out to shows after you know this is all over with and we're back to normal and like all, uh, all I kind of had to say about it was like it's all well and good to say like oh you got to come out and support you got to come out blah 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 like you know some people are not going to be able to some people you know have lost their jobs and have been financially crippled by what's happened like mm-hmm. some people have been like emotionally crippled and mm-hmm. mentally traumatized by what's happened. Like people have lost loved ones. Like we've had a tremendous amount of deaths. Like I know it's really kind of depressing to end on, but I'm just going to say like, like, yeah, yeah. Like I want to save our scenes and like keep our scenes alive. But at the same time, like be, be, I guess like, like good to your friends and loving and caring to them and know that not everybody's going to be ready like when you're ready to rejoin, you know, like shows and clubs and bars and some people are going to need a little more time. So just like be tender and like caring to the people you care about most because not everyone's going to be there yet. And we just have to be patient, man. Like we just have to take care of each other and take care of ourselves as much as possible, you know, because a lot of us, you know, I mean, maybe we're not going to the dentist. (laughs) I know I haven't. I know we're not going to get our checkups or maybe you're not taking as good a care of yourself or, you know, like we just have to, you know, do what everyone just do your best, you know, do your best. We, you know, people care. I care, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a crazy time. And I think that's a great sentiment. I think it is. It's like, it's, it's, it's the only thing that we can really do. And obviously like, Oh, also like, don't be racist against Asians, especially, but don't be racist. That's yes. good advice. Um, I don't think I need to tell, you know, your listeners that, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just like, you know, if you are so inclined, if you care to, if you're able to, like, find a way to show an entertainer that you value what they do. You know, I know we can't all afford to tip them or give them money, but like, even just like a nice you know, DM to be like, you know, I appreciate what you do. What you do brings me joy, you know, because we love to hear that. Like yeah. it, it costs nothing, you know? And I think a lot of people who, like I said, have felt, um, you know, like their jobs are expendable and they don't matter. You know, I think that they would appreciate hearing that at any time. No, I think you're right. That's such a great sentiment. Thank you so much. I mean, like I have chills now. Everything you said has just touched me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. This was a really so great, great conversation, especially because I feel like I haven't seen you in a really long time. And I look forward to um, seeing more and hopefully maybe seeing you guys live soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. I hope so. That would be, that would be nice to be able to play again. Thank you again. And yep. I will look forward to seeing more from you and Hub City Stompers in the future. And I'll definitely include all the links. But um, yeah, thanks again. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information on Jenny Whiskey, Hub City Stompers, and Rude Boy George, you can check out their official website as well as follow them on social. You can find Jenny Whiskey on Instagram at Jenny Whiskey, J-E-N-N-Y, W-H-I-S-K-E-Y. For Rude Boy George, you can find them at rudeboygeorge.com, R-U-D-B-O-Y-G-E-O-R-G-E.com. On Facebook and Instagram, you can find them under Rude Boy George Band. On Twitter, they are at the handle Rude Boy George. For more on the Hub City Stompers, you can check them out at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook, their handle is 
H-U-B-C-I-T-Y-S-T-O-M-P-E-R-S-N-J. On Twitter, their handle is Hub City Stompers, and on Instagram, you can find them at hub underscore city underscore stompers. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Eat, Sleep, Breathe Music Podcast. To find new music and learn more about what we do, you can check out our website at www.eatsleepbreathemusic.com. 